0: Everyone, aka Padders, I am Peter a. Deluca. thank you for joining me and welcome to the 31 Days of Dread. I'm your host, aka Pad, another known as the Pop Culture Pope, and this is where we do one horror movie a day for the entire month of October. And look, it's really hard not to do Stephen King, there's so many Stephen King movies. For Stephen King at one time, it, it, it was like superhero movies where no one seemed... Ever happy with a superhero movie, and then all of a sudden they all became good. Stephen King adaptations have the very exact path. The parallels are equal. Stephen King's first and only directorial directorial debut is Maximum Overdrive, and that is today's flick. Now, if you like Emilio SFS, if you like 80s. Horror, if you like a wonderful, bright idea that for some weird reason. Okay, let's just get through that intro. I'll be right back. Alright, everyone, before we get into something spooky, let me sell you something. Trial by Fire. It's my comic book available right now on Indiegogo. Link in the description, and I will see you on the printed page. Oh my god, okay. So i'm i'm convinced i'm convinced that my cat dallas you can find him on instagram at diamond dallas cat i'm convinced that he messes with my soundboard a thousand percent (laughs) because every time i sit down it's like i gotta redo it i I don't know what's happening Uh, i'm the only one that touches the thing so we're back. Uh, I think my 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 voice is booming. I think we're in a good spot. So, yeah, like Stephen King adaptations uh, have slowly been getting better as time like as time has gone on, and it, it's it's I think it's the same effect with super like or or the same cause as superhero movies. Meaning, uh, we had the generation of people that just grew up frustrated. And they got into filmmaking, and they they've corrected the the path. They reforged the path. I think a lot of people that grew up on eighties horror got into filmmaking, and yeah, you know, just wanted to make good Stephen King adaptations. Now, I haven't seen the update for Pet Cemetery, uh, you know, and I don't know. Like, I guess that's a lukewarm reception. But after Child's Play, uh, yesterday's movie, Child's Play, blew my mind because it's it's a solid idea, it's a solid take. Uh, the the violence, the gore, uh, the, what they do with Chucky, I I I liked it all. I, I liked everyone in the movie, and I liked the the horror tropes. So whatever. So uh, so I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm expecting to be warmed up. For Pet Cemetery. Now that was on the list at one time, uh the softer list, because I love doing movies that um it's like the uh, reinterpretations or different takes of a single source material, and I almost did this for the color out of space, which was earlier this month. Uh, and I was between Pet Cemetery because you're Two movies of Pet Sematary. One of them I haven't seen. Uh, The newer one just looks like it's shot. Amazing. Like amazingly. Just looks awesome. But this one won out. Why did Maximum Overdrive win out? Because I never knew. That there was another version. Of this movie. Or of this short story. Uh, Stephen King's first. um, Collection of short stories. Was called Night Shift. And. Maximum Overdrive was a movie or a short film called Trucks or a short story called Trucks. Trucks is tomorrow. Trucks is going to be day, lucky day 13. Trucks is tomorrow. Maximum Overdrive is today. Maximum Overdrive is the iconic of the two. Now, it's iconic to its uh, all the way through. And by that, I mean that we we have these tropes. But, but we also have this like th- uh, this idea of Emilio Estevez being a leading like actor, leading man. Uh, you know, like pretty much we ca- like. Uh, uh, I'm thinking like, what what would you know Emilio Estevez for? Uh, the Mighty Ducks, okay. And I would have to explain to you Young Guns. <laughs> but we have Maximum Overdrive. We have uh, Repo Man, uh, Men at Work with Charlie Sheen. I don't know. To me, uh, he of the the eighties child actors that, that that came up. I think, uh, you know, like like maybe Emilio Estevez and Mickey Rourke had the most potential when it comes to ability and screen presence because Emilio Estevez. Oh. I guess we would uh, know him most for Breakfast Club. He's the wrestler in Breakfast Club. The jock. Because Emilio Estevez has range. And he had range from an early age. This movie is. It shouldn't be entertaining, it shouldn't be fun, and it shouldn't be good. Also because it's the only movie directed by Stephen King... What blows my mind because this is one hell of a debut. Like, this is a, it's a solid directorial effort. There's, uh, I would say he's as good as a director as a writer. And you might be like, Pete, you're crazy because he's one of the best writers of all time. Yeah, if I extrapolate what he did with Maximum Overdrive, if I extrapolate that into a practiced career, yeah. I would say, okay, and look, this is, in my eyes, this is another category where Clive Barker edges out Stephen King because Clive Barker wanted to present horror. The movies that he directed, Hellraiser, like it's a good list. Uh, You know, like, it's solid. Clive Barker wanted to bring his ideas all the way through. And I think his ideas when it comes to horror are far more uh, enlightening than Stephen King. I think Stephen King does over-the-counter uh, easy horror, but he does it well. So we we have the story. <laughs> Do we have to get into the plot of Maximum Overdrive? Because there's just so much there, and it's it, that's what makes it fantastic. So we have a uh, an origin. Of these machines going YOLO. Machines becoming sentient machines. Now, the movie picks and chooses. Because it's trucks, right? Like, that's the short story. So, I'm, I'm assuming if I read the short story, it's going to be trucks and not cars. But in some of the montages and the build into this movie, we have electronics are going crazy electronics are rebelling, and it's uh, the cause of all of this. It's the same as Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead had the Venus Comet. There was a comet that passes over Earth. Uh, the tail of the comet, It's going to, uh, Earth is going to be in its path for eight days, seven days. And that's it. Like, uh, here we go. Like, uh, horses are out of the gate. And I, I just think, like, this, it's like the simplicity of it. Uh, the nod to the '50s, to the showmanship of horror at one time. So we have a really big idea. We have a world encapsulating plot. You know, like everyone in the world's involved with this plot. But then we have a small group of people hold up, held up, uh, surrounded by trucks in a truck stop, cafe, diner gas station, truck stop. Now, if you've seen The Mist, the Frank Darabout movie, which is phenomenal, another Stephen King adaptation, like, uh, this is it. We just have people that have to escape. And along the way, we have great deaths. We have uh, mental meltdowns. We have Emilio Estevez with a criminal record emerging as the hero. And we have people we just don't like that we want to watch get killed. Bingo. (laughs) He perfectly lays it all out. And look, I'm waiting to talk about it because this movie is known for like a Green Goblin uh, semi truck. It's a it's a uh, like a Toys R Us truck and they have like a goblin or like a like a toy, you know, that takes up the whole front end of the truck. But it's the Green Goblin. And, you know, like, and this is one of the things that fascinated people because, you know, again, linking some of of the stuff to superhero movies, like, yeah, we never thought we would get a Spider-Man movie. And the Green Goblin in Maximum Overdrive was it. And look, uh, by a lot of today's standards, people rather have the Green Goblin from Maximum Overdrive than the Tobey Maguire (laughs) Green Goblin from the same Rami Spider-Man. Uh, because it's it's just accurate, but whatever. So, we have this like imagery connected to this movie. We have um, which is completely random, and it, it's just so funny that licensing wise, there hasn't been some marriage because look, if M- if Star Wars can become M and M's, and if we can get a Watchmen movie done. That leads into a Watchmen HBO show, like mind blown. There, um, we can get this done. <laughs> can we get a replica of the of the Maximum Overdrive Green Goblin truck? I mean, that needs to happen. I would say, <laughs> okay. So, you now, like licensors out there, you, you're failing me. But then we you know, we have this attitude of the '80s within the movie. And, and, and here we go. Like, are you ready for shocker? Probably like number three. Well, I would say shocker four. Let, let's go through the shockers. <laughs> Stephen King, directorial debut. Emilio Estevez, Emilio solid hero. Green Goblin, semi truck. And number four. Here we go. Ready? Drum roll. ACDC is all over this movie. They are the soundtrack. If you understand the influence that Queen had over the Flash Gordon movie, ACDC is maximum overdrive. Now, I think as a director and, you know, some of this could have been money and budget because this mo- this movie ended up losing money. It could be it could be budget. The use of ACDC in this movie doesn't quite hit and it it it's just not there. And I wish it were, because I really feel like that's a, it's something that the movie's missing. But ACDC's so good, like, you, you smile as soon as you hear those lyrics, as soon as you hear that guitar, okay? I mean, it just puts a smile on your face. So, and, and like, it, this movie's just fantastic. It's incredible. I wish the uh, Stephen King directed more. And uh, here's the crazy thing. My sister and I were obsessed. My sister and I were obsessed with this movie when we were younger. And it, it, I guess it's somewhat of a betrayal of my roots that it's taken me so long <laughs> to uh, to do this movie for the 31 Days of Dredger. Or to do it, period. Because it, this movie's rooted in my film experience. my In my cinema experience. Uh, education my right? my education of film I mean we had this movie taped off of like HBO or Cinemax and and we would just watch the VHS all the time we thought it was hilarious we thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> when these machines start killing people I don't know and 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 here's the crazy thing because you know the like all horror we have a acquired taste we should show this people, and, and my sister and I probably to this day are, are, are the only two people entertained by this flick, and that's the funny thing, I've shown shown this movie, tried to show this movie to so many people, it never lands, it never sticks, um, it, like, again, the, the tragedy of a, uh, of a cult movie, a cult, like, within you, like, you're the cult that, follows this movie it's not even a cult movie it's just a move it's it's a weird movie you like but everyone on that note tomorrow we're we're going to get into trucks and trucks takes a short story with a much lower budget uh (laughs) with with probably some cable distribution contracts already lined up we're going to talk trucks another version of maximum overdrive and uh the cool thing is that the movies are roughly like nine years apart which is good like right i mean it, it just means that uh, someone thought they could make a better version of maximum overdrive that's really what what that comes down to and and why not uh again like make another one but until tomorrow rock and roll people i love you and goodbye quick announcement quick announcement so this episode is dedicated to my father R.I.P. Tony DeLuca Tony Ironfeet we love you and we miss you every single day